All right, so this is my first podcast recording. I am so excited, and today I have one of my personal heroes. I haven't told him that before, but he is one of my personal heroes. I have Josh from New Progressive Voice here. Hey, Zach. I appreciate <laughs> you um, inviting me on, and I'm, I'm really honored that I am your first guest. Thank you. Yeah, I am so excited. I, I have only been starstruck like one other time in my life when I met Earl Knight, who is a basketball player for the Gonzaga Bulldogs, who was not a star player. I met him in real life and I just, oh my goodness, Earl Knight. And meeting you is kind of like, oh my goodness, Josh at New Progressive Voice. <laughs> <laughs> wow, dude, that, that's great to hear. I, I appreciate all the adulation and keep it coming. <laughs> yeah, it was it was so exciting for me because I was kind of starting out my um, politics journey in 2019, and um, I was really just looking for for something to just be reasonable. That's for me the word reasonable comes up over and over again, and I found your channel talking about what Andrew Yang should have done one time, and I was like, oh my goodness, this guy's right on every level. He's just He's a reasonable guy, and I've really felt like I've tried to mimic you in a way in just being reasonable. Well, I, I try. I mean, it's it's really difficult in this particular political landscape that we're all currently experiencing. I mean, I do have my moments, but absolutely, I think that, you know, like Andrew Yang is the example of that. Like, and even he influenced me as, you know, like I was reading his book and I ran on, uh, I think it was Joe Rogan podcast and uh, he pulled me in and I was like, wow, this dude speaks to me. You know, he speaks to my heart. He speaks to my mind. So that's where I think we all try to keep it, you know, ideally. So. Yeah. I, I remember one thing you, you labeled him as a humanist and I was like, Ooh, that is so good because that's kind of, you know, what I want to be. I want to be about humans. Like, let's stop being about these ideological blah, 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 blah. Let's be about humans. And um, that was that was really cool. So thank you. That's enough of me like being like hero worship. I, let, let's let's get into this. Um, so I was just wondering, uh, who are you? Uh, this is the first time I've actually talked to you, so I don't know anything about you. Who are you? And uh, how did politics like start grabbing you and making you want to have a podcast and a YouTube channel? Wow, uh, that's a great question because um, I didn't really think about ever getting into uh, politics at all. Like, um, I was one of those people that um, maybe I would vote, maybe I wouldn't. And it really was Bernie Sanders that struck the match because at the point in 2016 that we're at now uh i would have voted for hillary clinton because i just thought that she was the better of the choices right and uh, i had no real understanding about the degree of inequality that existed in america right uh i i knew that it existed i knew there were pockets of of uh poor people uh, I had my own struggles, but I, th I thought it was more of a personal thing. I didn't really think of it as it being a systemic thing until hmm. Bernie started to campaign. And I started to delve into some of the claims that he was making. And I began to see they were true. And hmm. I said to myself, oh, my God, this is supposed to be America, right? The land of opportunity, um, the beacon on the hill. And I was, I wouldn't say I was ashamed, but I was really shocked. You know, mm. that this is where we are. And I don't know, just something compelled me one day to uh, support him. I think I was moved by his treatment by Hillary Clinton uh, during in the DNC. And I made a video on that. And it, I guess, from my point of view, being I'd never been on YouTube, I got like two or 3,000 views. And <laughs> um, at that point, I didn't have even a title, I just had a video. Uh, it was the title, but it wasn't like New Progressive Voice. And eventually it just kind of blew up. And I said, well, you know, I want to help out. I want to help Bernie because I really think he he's being treated unfairly. 
I feel mm-hmm. like he needs to be our president. And um, that's it just sort of took off. And wow. Next thing I knew, um, I was getting um, hundred, uh, eventually a thousand subscribers. And I said, you know what? Um, I'm just going to keep doing this. And it just kind of went up, went up, you know, sort of blew up from there. By the end of 2016, I had uh, around 5,000 subscribers. Oh, dude. That's incredible. Yeah. Right. Wow. Whew. So it's just something I didn't think about. It just sort of happened, you know, like. And um, as far as why I've continued to do it, probably, like, most likely, I don't know what's going to be your experience, and everybody's experience is unique, and even for, uh, since this is your first video, uh, I don't know what your aspirations are. But it, once you get into that, uh, it's very hard to sort of set it aside because it becomes so much of who you are because mm-hmm. you get invested in it is, is, is the point I'm making because you really want to see change happen and you want to be part of that change, right? Yeah. And that's sort of what just got me to keep going. And there was actually a, hi, uh, a hiatus where I was not doing videos for about a year and a half. And I was actually considering discontinuing the channel. And then Bernie claimed, okay, well, I'm going to r- run again. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, please don't. <laughs> um, and I wasn't going to do this uh, a second time. And then it was Bernie. And I said, well, maybe I'll go back. And then I ran into Yang. I was like, okay, looks like I don't have a choice, <laughs> you know. Uh, and now, we'll, you know, a year or two years later, and it's almost 20,000 subscribers. So it's just sort of like Holy feeds, cow. feeds into itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, critical mass. Uh, you get a couple people, word of mouth. Yep. Yep. Well, oh, that's... Into that as well, Zach. Like, what compelled you, like, to consider getting into uh, this this realm? This well, arena? and th- this is the thing that, um, you know, I think that, like, I'm an accountant, okay? And I think that's an important thing to remember because it's, like, from my work, I don't get a lot of satisfaction from it. It's it's tough to organize numbers all day and then come home and be satisfied with all the numbers you organized in a spreadsheet, you know? And so um, I kind of was just like, hey, I'm um, looking for something to do and, uh, you know, just listening to podcasts. And I listened to Yang and I was like, whoa this dude actually like knows what he's talking about and he's a reasonable guy. And just, I, I don't feel awful about supporting him. You know, this is the first time for me where I was like, I, I could support him and not feel awful. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, cause it's like not judgmental, is he? Like he's totally all about solutions and Hey, here it is. Take it or leave it. You know, here it is. Yeah, because I mean, even when you said like Bernie, I just with with Bernie, I have I have certain things that I'm not I, I I'm not on board with, um, and 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 same with Yang too. He he's not a perfect being, but it's for Yang for it was the first time where I was like, oh, this is politics, and it's not toxic, it's not awful, um. And so I was like, let's talk about this. And so I just I just did one Facebook post and uh it kind of uh <laughs> didn't Same go thing, well. Right? It, it, oh, it did not go well. Wow. Oh, okay. it went pretty terribly. Uh my <laughs> oh, first couple Facebook posts. Mm. And um but I'm the kind of person who's like, Oh, did it go terribly? Let's do it again. Let's poke the bear. Let's see if I there can do go. this again. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, and so uh, I, I, I did it again, and um, I eventually got to the point where, um, where I had I, – I, I came in thinking like, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just be as aggressive and um, as I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punch back harder than they are to me. And they punched back hard to me, and it hurt. Every time they punched back to me, it hurt. And I, you know, I talked to some of the people who looked at it, and they told me, I, I, asked, I was always asking for feedback. And they said, 
well, you just go right in with them. And I was like, you mean you think I'm the same as them? And they're like, yeah. You, you, it, it, I, I realized that it was less about um, the policies themselves than it was the words that I was using that were, you're a bad person, I'm a bad person. And people would tune out just because of that. And so I wanted, I, I, I took a break and I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stop for a while and just kind of re-examine everything. And, uh, uh, came back and I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to strongly disagree with people. But I'm not going to say they are a bad, I'm never going to say they are a bad person. I'm going to try to understand where they're coming from and put myself in their shoes and fix the disagreement. And so that's, um, I did that for a little while on Facebook. And then um, some of the people who were, I, I ended up getting a couple people who told me, "Oh yeah, I just go to your uh, Facebook page page every day and see if you've drummed up any controversy. I just want to read that yeah. stuff." And so I was like, "You know what? Let's let's just write a blog." And so I wrote a blog, uh, paid two hundred dollars, uh, and I was like, "Ooh, that hurt!" And uh, ended up writing five blogs and. They took so long. They took so long to research. They took so long to edit. And then I watched an episode of like um, uh, John Oliver or Hassan Minaj, and um, and it was like they did a way better job and were funnier and everything. And it was just so frustrating. And so I was like, you know what? I just need to get into a place where I'm just talking. And I can talk forever, as you can tell right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, my ex- I, I don't follow you on Facebook, but my experience of, of you, Zach, on Twitter, you're, you're very objective and fair-minded, and you come across very pleasant. And, but at the same time, you're very clear about where you stand on something. And so I think you've really done a great job, apparently, on working on um, how to have that uh, message you know, where people can hear it and, and not be insulted or run away like, oh my God, here's this person that's stereotyping or saying all the, you know, labeling me, right? It's a difficult thing. Uh, as you can, anybody that's been on Twitter or Facebook can attest. It's a very yeah. difficult thing to keep yourself in check. So No, it's, I, I had like a conversation on Facebook just the other day where I was like, I can't, I can't deal with this right now. I had three people blowing up at me and then one other person did. And I was just like, I can't do this right now. And I, I'm really glad I did. I took a day and then I responded to them and I was really glad I did. I came up with this response that I was really proud about is that they, they <laughs> I got somebody who called me a, um, what was it? Uh, courteous or something it was something that is totally like they were like oh you're so uh gosh you're so courteous liberal blah 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 and calling me all these names and like the very first one was like oh virtuous it was virtuous Mm -hmm. and i was like well thank you for calling me virtuous i think you're saying it as a um as an insult but I actually take that as a compliment. So First thank time you. The virtue became a vice, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, the, and, 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 and after it, I went in and said, it, it, it was about police. And um, it was somebody whose husband was a police officer. And, and I, I really think that, like, you know, if you're going to have opinions about things, you need to be incorporating everyone into that belief system. And um, if you're not, I think you're doing it wrong. And so, um, and 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 that's what I think. You know, let's let's go into our next topic, which is the left versus right. Is that the left is going to say like, hey, we've got black people who feel like they've been targeted by police, and the right is like, well, we've got police who are doing every single thing properly. And it's like, oh, I, I. 
I I need somebody to come up and say, like, we need police, and we are. I I am really thankful for the police in my community. They do a lot of jobs that I'm not. Oh, like I I'm glad that they do, but I also need we we should have some sort of feeling safe in our community, um, and so. I, I just see, it, uh, especially on Twitter, people are just being pulled. We can't let you have power. We can't let you um, say anything. We can't let you have even a shred of truth. Everything is on our side. Everything is that. And it's, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's a, a product, a byproduct of the way our election system set up. It's very duopoly centered, uh, and mm. what ends up happening is people that may not necessarily find themselves appealed to status quo because the center tends to represent the status quo, as in, uh, you know, sort of a third way amalgamation of what people would like to see on the right and what versus what people would like to see on the left and that's sort of washed out like it's a watered down version right yeah so yeah become disenchanted with that watered down version they want more you know they demand more and yes which is not being heard because it's supposed to be a democracy after all and i do think that that tends to invite um you know radicalism ultimately because people don't feel what they want is being implemented right at the level that they want to implement it and so it starts to create more and more division right and more and more extremism ultimately so really uh i'm not sure that I mean, most certainly kind of the, what you were hinting at earlier having good discussions with each other you know being respectful and trying to create some consensus building i think is a good thing and definitely can be helpful but the ultimate answer really is going to be election reform, where we start mm -hmm. to bring in things like ranked choice voting, the star system, things of that nature, where more people can feel they have a say. Yeah, yeah. I, I You know, you're, you're going right into what my theory of the case of American politics is right now. I, uh, I've been telling this to a couple people. I'll see what you think about it, is that, like, I so I started like coming into politics and I said like hey I think I'm like you know I'm I'm right of center I'm a, I'm a centrist and so I came into politics and I looked at all the centrists and all I saw were a bunch of people who uh I, I think that the centrists are all corporatists. They've all been bought and they're all like oh hey Comcast what can I do for you? Hey uh, Facebook, let's just let you run rampant. Uh, you know, let's. Uh, the centrist is corporatist, and so I said, "Oh, that's that's not what I want." And so I said, "Let's go look at the far right." And I listened to Ben Shapiro, and I listened to other people, and I heard personal responsibility and blah blah blah. Um, free market are good, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds good." And it was like. But it lacked a sense of like, hey, we should be doing stuff for people. We should, we can, and it does help. That 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 was totally lost. And so I was like, ah, I'm I'm disenfranchised with the far right. And so I went to the far left, and I heard the exact what exactly I was looking for. It was, hey, we're gonna do everything moral. Everything is going to be good <laughs> and um and i was like yay and then the longer i was there i kind of was like well but you know there are some certain things that still exist we we do still need police we haven't uh evolved into a perfect society yet we aren't perfect humans we we do need to have some right. level of responsibility here um we we need to have uh we we live in a society um and yeah, and so and so i i was like i'm disenfranchised with the left well where does that leave me and then i was like the center and i was like oh this is the center doesn't have to be 
corporatist, nothing, bland, 1980. Um, and and th- th- that's what I found Yang was I was like, oh my gosh, this guy, he's like thought of all the compromises already and has turned them into policy. And it's like, oh, this takes the right, the part of the right that I like and the part of the left that I like and merges it. And oh. Absolutely. I mean, it's like not too hot, not too cold, but just right. Uh, you were touching on a couple of um, other points um, that are under that umbrella that we're discussing of why so much America is divided. You know, the first being that we, we talked about earlier, which is the way our election system, electoral system set up, right? Uh, you know, just being Democrat, Republican. Uh, the second one that you touched on, which I think is really important, perhaps even more important, in a more immediate sense, I think, is uh, money and politics, right? Uh, Citizens United uh, and, you know, lobbyists and how much power corporations and the rich have over government, really, which is supposed to be for the people, not for corporations. That's a, that's the second one. And then um, the third one that you were just briefly talking about at the end is um, this understanding democracies reflect consensus, you know, they don't reflect, I get my way, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's very, very, very crucial points there. Yeah, it's not all about getting everything you want. And it's about like, hey, um, we're going to elect this person and they're going to re- uh, represent these people. And they're going to re- uh, represent the majority. And these people are going to represent the minority. And they're going to come together and they're going to say, okay, what works for you? What's most important to you? What's most important to me? And, um, you know, and uh, just just so just so our listeners, this, that's the first time I've ever said that. So that was kind of fun to say. Just so our listeners are aware, ranked choice voting is a type of voting system that uh, you get to choose your top person first and then your second person second. And the real goal of it is to pick who you like instead of who you don't dislike the least. Uh um, preferences basically like you're talking yeah preferences. yeah and then citizens united is uh like i was saying you know how uh elections are now pretty much who has the better commercial um guess who has the better commercial it's the person with the more money you know um and citizens united said that you can spend as much money as you want which has led to People who have money spend it on uh, political campaigns, and they get it back. That's the thing; they get it back. And your your uh, your people you elect are serving the interests that serve them. So um, that's it's a big problem. Uh, uh, that's a cornerstone of conservatism: is the valuing of. Um, fairness, right? Um, you know, making sure that even in a free market, if I'm going to barter with someone, we both want to walk away knowing that we got a fair deal, right? Uh, and when you have an election system where those that have money have more influence in political decisions, uh, then yes, one vote doesn't necessarily equal one vote, and therefore it's not really a fair system. So it's really... It's more of a conservative argument to be had than a liberal one. Liberalism would kind of speak to, you know, you're, you're sort of free to do what you want, right? Uh, conservatives would say, no, I mean, fairness is cornerstone of a free market and therefore also should be implemented in a, in a democratic system, in a, in a republic. And this, you know, that gets to one of my big problems with a lot of conservative thinkers is when they're free they're free market fundamentalists where they think that the free market is the best and blah 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 um like they hold two things they they hold that and then they also think that small businesses are incredibly important and vital for the uh for the growth of the united states and i agree with the small business part but the free market fundamentalist is uh it benefits the big guys 
it benefits all the big guys. They economies of scale. The free market itself is built so that the big guys win. Have you ever played Monopoly? If you if you start with one person with ten properties and everybody else has zero, like I'm going to guarantee that person is going to win ninety five percent of the time. Uh, and and it just gets me frustrated with them. Well, I think one of the things often, particularly those that are, you know, in the conservative circles may overlook and when they're discussing economic policy, and I think some of them do it purposely and others do it blindly. Some people do it greedily knowing what they're doing. Uh, and that is when we talk about conservatism, you know, economic conservatism, we're really talking about uh, something that's rooted in laissez-faire philosophy, right? By Adam Smith, right? And they overlook that fourth axiom. There's four axioms of that philosophy. And the fourth one talks about corporations being creatures of the state. And if they're uh, not kept in check by the citizenry, they interfere with uh, the natural order of things, what he calls spontaneous order, uh, that is so vital to and essential to a free market operating at its optimal. And I think that when we have those discussions, you know, talking um, through that lens to conservatives, so they understand what do they really even believe in? <laughs> and then do they really believe in what they think they believe in, right? Yeah. I think you were uh, three axioms above where I am, but that, it, it, it sounded really good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, you, you are saying your point that you're making is how vital, you know, that we do have checks and balances in uh, the marketplace yeah. because ultimately that's going to serve free markets better uh, and also serve smaller businesses that just by virtue of being a smaller business have less capital, right? And resources yeah. to, um, you know, compete in the marketplace. Yeah, uh, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I heard I heard a story that uh, Amazon they just you know they they find out what's selling right now and they just start building it because they have infinite amount of capital and they can do it for a cheaper price. And it's good luck competing with them. Good luck competing with Amazon. You would see that even like within nature, you would see that there's a balance, right? Um, there is, you know, if if you have a particular species that's invasive and it takes over that area, then the end result is that area will be turned into a dead zone, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that certainly is not going to serve free market, right? If you if you turn mm. it, you've turned that marketplace into a dead zone. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. Whew. Okay, so um, I I had something else with um with centrist is that um i was talking to somebody the other day and they said look if i wear a mask and i go to talk to somebody and somebody who's anti-mask comes up and talks to me and i say you know what i can take my my mask off to talk to them or it just like to to show that like hey we can we can have a conversation it's whenever you take a centrist point of view, you get reamed by the far left and the far right at the same time. And so, like, I feel like now being a centrist is bad for your health, <laughs> for your mental health, not trying to say anything else. But um, I, I, I think it's done a really bad job of silencing the, the reasonable put in quotation po points is that if you put a reasonable point out there you'll get wrecked by people who are saying you you're defending uh you're defending racists by defending uh that we need police officers or you're defending rioters you're you're you're, you're for stealing everything if you're defending uh protesters there's... Yeah, it's interesting to me because it's 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 sort of ironic that the right uh, has been making a better argument uh, for the left than the left has been making for itself. In other words, the right keeps suggesting that the the left is too radical or, or too uh, like puristic and 
you know, my way, the highway and canceling people and so forth. Not to say that it doesn't go over, go on on the right. It does. Um, mm-hmm. But the left tends to be its own worst enemy is really the point you're making. I totally agree. Yep. With that. I think yep. I think that it was uh, people like, you know, Jimmy Dore and well, I respect all those people. And they're a great part of my development in terms of understanding how broken the system is. I think there comes a point that, you know, uh, it's not serving uh, when you are always deprecating and, um, you know, really ultimately, you know, getting to the point even where you excuse um, Republicans for doing the same thing as the Democrats are doing. And it's like (sighs) sort of shooting your own feet, right? Yeah. It's just like, well, I can be hypocritical, but you can't. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the right has a position i mean they at least they have their principled in their criticisms because they attack the left that's a principled kind of way of doing politics um but the left uh what they have is ideal you know they become very ideological about you know principles without results you know like Mm, i'm gonna stand for this even if and and i'd like to to say this is a lot this is twitter that that we're at, like that is a hundred percent twitter right now is that you the the left on twitter is so ideological that it, you can't talk about results and i think that if you if you're not talking about if you're talking about ideology to the point that you're blind to what is going on outside that's a real problem and 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 i I once again would say this is not just the left. The right does that all the time as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. I would say to a certain extent, it is a byproduct of the right doing it uh, in more in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, be it, uh, you know, no abortions, no gay marriage, no this, no that, no that. That's a, that's a form of cancel culture, right? Uh, hmm. And so the natural sort of response to that uh, would be to push back against that because human nature do does have those you know attributes there are gay people there are trans people there are people that do abortions whether it's legal or not so forth and so on so naturally there's going to be a pushback to that that type of cancel culture that was coming from the right and still is to some extent they'd like to take us back to that that world right so really what you're seeing is just sort of a pendulum going back and forth and who can push harder <laughs> to push the other. Yeah, exactly. Who can push harder? And it's like, it doesn't matter if it's reasonable. We're going to push it. We're going to push it harder. Oh, gosh. Okay. I, I, since you mentioned the A word, I, um, I wanted to talk to you. I saw a tweet that you sent recently and, um, I know many people, I, I come from a, a, a conservative background, and um, I know many people who look at the Republicans and they say, I, I think they're kind of like saying, holy cow, for, um, for 30 years, I have voted for the Republicans because they are anti-abortion. And they see themselves as they don't like abortions. They don't want people to have abortions. Excuse me. Um, and so they vote for the Republicans. And they and they look up in 2016 and they see Donald Trump and they're like, is this what I am going to vote for because of abortions? And, um, I, you know, I think Donald Trump was really a sign of saying we've swallowed so much because of abortions that um it's this this might be a a red flag like we 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 can't abide by this and you had a tweet that really talked about abortions and you said um oh great now i can't pull it up but um would you mind talking about your tweet um you kind of said that uh abortions happen whether or not it's legal or illegal and we need to um we need to stop focusing on the legal side of it and start focusing on the why people are getting abortions it do you want to take over from there yeah i think that the left and 
far right, but the radical left and radical right both suffer from uh, what I call principleitis, which is uh, if I I'm going to stick by my principles regardless if they're results. If you look at mm-hmm. the span of American history, you'll notice that abortions were actually higher when it was illegal in the 60s and 70s and mm-hmm. has been going down uh, through time. So when we think about scripturally and coming from the perspective of being a Christian and God, thinking of God and, and Christ and what he ultimately wanted, which is a, he wanted results. You know, he literally wanted, you know, if you think about the Sadducees and Pharisees, they were standing on principle and they became very rigid in that principle. And while well-meaning, it was hurtful and didn't really serve the ultimate purpose of uh, goals that Christ came to try to achieve. Um, one of them being, you know, less killing, for example. And I know that we Christians, we view abortion as killing, right? Um, and I think that, depending on different Christians, some may say it's this trimester or that trimester. So <laughs> some may say it's at conception. Uh, but the point being is, if we really are sincere about our principle, then we would be more centered on the results than we would be on solely just principle. I kind of think of it as the argument of faith without works, you know, would be a good analogy. Um, you know, you can certainly have faith, which could be equated to principles, but if you don't do the work necessary to see the results, then your principle is sort of really not principled because you're not moving toward the goals that you want. What Hmm. we've seen uh, through much research is that abortions tend to go down when they're made illegal and safe, and people are educated on family planning. They're educated about contraception. uh, They're educated about sex in general. Um, And and even spending money more on abstinency even, uh, uh, rather than so much attention on abortion, which takes up so much of the political hardware and space uh, for those of us in the Christian community, and even can be a deterrent uh, because people just are not interested in that because many of the people don't find that way of understanding the universe lines up with their own. Uh, the last thing I'll say on this is I know that people will also maybe say, and I can understand where they're coming from being a Christian, they will say, well, Josh, should we not take a principled stand against something that we perceive as murder? And how is that different from homicide? Like, wouldn't I take your argument and say that, well, maybe we should just allow or not ban murder, for example. <laughs> um, I think the difference here is that we're talking about uh, a practical thing here. Uh, actual homicide, or if you allow that to be uh, you know, legal, then of course the, wor- the, the world that we live in, I'm not saying that ultimately maybe the go, it would turn out to be a good thing, uh, but at least immediately I would say that in the world we're living in today, um, it would be a very chaotic world, right? Um, and I'm not necessarily sure justice would be most served in a secular sense, uh, whereas abortion, the impact, there are certainly potential emotional repercussions for the individual uh, that's participating in that activity. But in a practical, real-world sense, there really is just as many arguments to be had that there are positive outcomes as there are negative, and potentially more positive when we're talking about, excuse me, within a secular uh, discussion. Hmm. Uh, Ultimately, the Christian message here is that if we really want to have the results if we really are sincere about wanting to see a, a little to and ultimately no abortions the way to go about that is not through banning it because we're going to have them regardless but oh having an open discussion about it together how can we come together left and right with the joint uh goal of bringing them to zero mm-hmm. that's that's the, my take on it what is your own, own take on that zach I mean, oh boy! Here. If you feel, I mean, <laughs> you you're uh, I mean, you're just putting a ton of stuff out there that you know it's it's a lot to take in all at once. My my kind of thing that I like to talk about when I uh, what we'll see how this goes when I talk about abortion is like is if you are pro-choice, 
I think there's something that is missing because the choice isn't yes or no. Fundamentally, it is. But if if you go to the to the um, to the court case, it was about when does when does the fetus achieve personhood, and the justices said, you know what, we feel really uncomfortable. We do not think that we should be making a choice for all of humans as to when does personhood exist. And I can understand I can understand that point. Um and and uh and so they said, you know what, when does the when does functionally the fetus become uh viable? And I, I think that's that's reasonable as well. But I think that the way we implemented that isn't, I you know we we talked about sex ed, and I think that if we're going to talk about sex ed, we should be talking about we should be preparing females for the choice of is this uh, it, it's not a yes or no, it's a philosophical choice as to whether or not you believe the fetus is alive, and I think we it should be part of our sex ed education is saying like hey you need to you need to be able to have a philosophical reason for when you think personhood becomes otherwise you're going to hurt yourself in this uh in this process and you're going to you're going to make a choice that you i mean uh, I, I have I have a couple of sisters and when they got pregnant they talked about pregnancy brain and do do we really think we want? Uh, I'm not going to go there, but um, I I think I think that I think we should be educating people about the choice, and that it's not a yes or no. It is a philosophical choice, and that we should have we should be teaching them about that philosophical choice with their sex ed. Uh, right. Education. Really, ultimately, it's you, you're getting in, in my uh, the way I'm hearing from you is uh, the discussion of uh, separation of church and state, and people's ability to practice their own faith uh, in their own way, uh, be it even not having a faith. I mean, myself personally, I'm pro, I'm pro life. You know, like I personally believe. I personally not that I don't think of it through a moralistic lens as much as I think of it through what i think god wants for us um i don't judge a person if they do participate in that i don't label them as like you're evil or god's going to judge you or you're going to go to hell and i don't think of it that way and i think there is that tone when you think about legalizing or or banning it rather uh and it doesn't again go back to what i said earlier it doesn't really result in the outcomes we want um uh, and it doesn't open up the conversation which is the point you're making uh if you do have someone that say is a teenager and they became pregnant, uh, if you are making it illegal, then that teenager already feels ostracized and knows that it in their mind they're seeing it as wrong. They're not going to feel welcomed to uh, discuss it with their parents, and mm. that's most likely going to increase the odds that they're going to feel ashamed of that experience and maybe even increase the odds and that's why i think that factors into why you see an increase in abortion uh you know well, i think you know doors. you know here's the thing is that like the reality of having a child in america and this is this is the thing that i feel like conservatives don't want to say because it, it weakens their point is the reality of having a child in america is that the child costs money and you, it costs time and it costs money. And time and money are what you need when you're young to be able to have the American dream, you know? And so um, the reality is, is that when somebody gets an abortion, they're actually opening up more options for their life. And that's, it isn't that sad. I, I think that's where where we should be talking about we we should be talking about how do we get to a point where somebody who has a baby is not 
um, is not limited by their baby. You know, like like they can choose to be a mother and invest in that baby as much as possible, and that's great. But we should be having a conversation on how they their options shouldn't be limited because they had a baby, and. That's the thing that I think a lot of conservatives don't want to say because they also hold at the same time that no uh, free market fundamentalism. And it's like we need – if you want to be pro-life, you need to kind of let go of the free market fundamentalism. You need to say we need to get people – we need to have people who have a baby be able to have a life. That is the point of society. Yeah, I would have uh, my own self. I would discuss it through the lens of uh, the most free market of all is the is the responsible market because responsible market promotes a freer market ultimately, right? Um, and you can't truly say a marketplace is responsible if uh, the end result because the marketplace is supposed to serve us, not we serve the marketplace. Uh, there's no point in that, uh, you know, just yeah. what is the point of a marketplace that isn't serving the greater number of people? Um, and so then the freest market would be when we're all accountable to each other and responsible of ensuring that the marketplace is indeed optimizing for the most of us. Um, but having just sort of like closing on that discussion, which you had said, uh, not only does the teenage young teenager maybe feel they're not open to have that discussion with their parents because of the stigma um, that will increase the odds of perform the abortion, um, but also sex education, all that's missing because that's also found on, found on, uh, found, founded upon by Christians, you know, sort of the misreading, in my opinion, of, uh, you know, having that open discussion Christ wanted to ha- us to have about our sins and just laying it out on the table and not judging each other, but rather trying to figure out how can we work through this, you know. Try to build each other up. Exactly. And that's really going to bring us to the results we want. Because I think that there is, you know, like the intentions uh, of, the, of the conservatives, the right in particular, they're not necessarily the same. Uh, but mo- m- more right than when we're talking about uh, social issues is more the traditionalist than it is economic conservatives. They're not really related. Um, many of the GOPs package it packaged it that way uh, but when we're talking about people that tend to be more traditionalist or more conservative in social values i think there that can be best served by what we're talking about here you know opening it up and keeping the state out of of your relationship uh with god and keeping it within the family and friends and the church and the pastor and god it's not um, you know, your relationship to God is not between you and the state. It's between you and God. Yeah. Oh, geez, Josh. Let's let's move on. And I am super upset that you made me talk about abortion on my very first <laughs> thing. Thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> well, I, I will say you came across very balanced. So I think people will receive your message well. You were very sincere and I think people listening can respect that, whether they agree with what well, you said or not. And, and here, let's talk about this, because you said uh, people will respect balance. And I want to say, no, they do not. They're like, were you balanced? No, you need to be taking the most extreme opinion of all. <laughs> well, I do think that you're right uh, if we allow ourselves to believe that is the most of America. But I think that if you look at uh, even not that I'm a, I'm a big fan of Joe Biden, I would have liked Bernie or Yang or Williamson or Tulsi to have won. I think they strike a good, nice balance, and they're answering to the real L's. Uh, and Bernie's a little bit more extreme. I'm I'm in agreement with you on some of the policies, but I'm willing to tolerate him because I feel like that he at least knows, you know some of the problems out there and he's sincere. yes oh 100% i i liked bernie because he was willing to talk about the real things he didn't pretend that america is the star on the hill what whatever i i respected him he went too far in sometimes and made me really uncomfortable um in some things but i i liked him overall go ahead 
his rhetoric was was my biggest problem you know, yes like rich versus poor i think that he didn't really recognize the, the potential uh, repercussions of that way of lingo right yes one of the reasons why ultimately i found myself um you know like now i'm a much more of a yang supporter than i'm a bernie supporter now bernie will always be to me the fire starter right he'll always be sort of the forefather uh and I always respect him. I always view him as a hero. Uh, but where I stand now politically, to me, the answer is not democratic socialism. I mean, it's just my own personal take on it. I feel I'm more of a progressive, like a social democratic progressive, you know, with libertarian streaks. <laughs> but anyway, getting back, <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah go ahead. I, let me finish my thought on that. I, I can't even recall exactly what I was going with, but um, I think ultimately, you know, getting to your, uh, your uh, you know comment about um, so much of the right and left or just politics today is so toxic and broken and divisive and people are ready to jump on you at the moment that you don't line up exactly with their playbook um i did, i really honestly believe most of america is not that i just think the media sensationalizes it and twitter and facebook provide a forum where people that are more strong about their opinions are more likely to express them, right? Like yep. if, I, if I don't, you know, have a strong, strong opinion, why would I go on Facebook, <laughs> you know? Or why, why would I go on Twitter? Why would I waste my time? I'd, I'd be doing gardening or something, right? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> but I do think that the majority of America is, is they're open and they're willing to have discussions and come to the table if we just invite them and we provide a, a, an inviting atmosphere, you know, open discussion and finding consensus. But I, the last thing I'll say on that um, is I think one of the um, sort of cognitive dissonance, uh, di you know, like problems that people have when they, when we talk about consensus is they, they start to hear a couple of things, a couple of words, or actually three words that come to mind. They hear incrementalism, uh, they hear uh, wishy-washy, uh, and they hear they hear third way, you know. Uh, and I want to make it very clear that's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about pra pragmatism. You know, I'm talking mm -hmm. about what actually is going to bring results, whether it yeah. be the right or the left. This bickering and pushing each other, see who can push each other off the mountain, uh, is not going to result in a good outcome, as you can see. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think, you know, this has been, I, I really enjoyed our time. I want to ask you one last question. Why should we talk about politics? Why shouldn't we just go garden? Why shouldn't we, uh, um, garden again? <laughs> You're getting sort of to that, uh, you know, individualism versus, oh, collective kind of uh discussion you know it's a philosophical question isn't it really uh but even in a more practical sense if i try to to analyze your question and come to kind of my thoughts on it i would say that you can see that even uh in this discussion the the last topic that we were just coming from uh was about how we're literally seeing America being torn at the fabric, right? And it's in a divisive lingo. I do think it's important for us to, to assert ourselves and take back America, you know, not, not from the left, not from the right, not from MAGA, not from, you know, uh, Hillary Clinton or whatever, but from those people that don't want to have, uh, they don't really want, to, you know, like when we talk about politics, the people that are engaging in the way that they are, that's on the radical right or left, they're not even engaging in politics. They've given up on politics. They've given up yeah. on the electoral system itself. Mm -hmm. They've decided that they're going to go to the next, I guess, sort of stage of what they feel is going to get them what they want, yep. uh, which is very dangerous, right? It's a pattern. Yep. And so the, that the, right, the, the right is... The right stockpiling guns and the left is uh, burning up cars, is rioting right. in the streets. I I, radical it, left and right, yes. I, yes, I, sorry, thank you. What they are because yeah. uh, I think it's important to have those nuanced discussions. And I have, you know, we have to remind each other 
uh, I'm bad at it too. And I have people calling me out sometimes to say the right, or say the left. And people say, wait a minute, you're like, you're like totally, you know, stereotyping me. I, I, I consider myself as left and I don't behave that way. Right. Yes. Um, so it is important to become more nuanced. And I think that a lot of the language has been lost. Uh, unfortunately, most of it is to blame by left social, you know, like left social media, uh, YouTube, who I think has lost nuance and not been balanced in reporting. You know, like, unfortunately, they focus so much on only the bad. The well, I, 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 I think it's even beyond the YouTube. It's just, it, it's kind of, I, I, I've heard critical theory has infected every single person, not the left or the right. Everybody is that the most important thing that we can have is power. And whoever doesn't have it is not important. And whoever we give it to, if we criticize the left, then that's a negative. And it's like, no, we need to be able to criticize ourselves. We need to be able to criticize others. That's just reasonable, you know? I do feel it's reasonable within limits. Uh, yes, yes, I, yes. I would say that criticism is not as important as balanced criticism. Uh, you want to pepper it, you know, with uh, salt and pepper. You don't want to just, you know, lay on the pepper and then expect nobody's going to sneeze, right? Like, you really got to, <laughs> you know, you really That was a good to, one. <laughs> thanks. Uh, it was, yeah, I was just thinking of like how the left is so hypercritical of Obama and Biden, and they're not really thinking about all the good that he accomplished. And he, and they, he did. They did accomplish a lot of good things. And I would argue the same for Donald Trump. Um, I'm certainly not uh, in agreement with him on a philosophical level, and I think that's perfectly fine. Um, but I do think that sometimes mainstream media uh, goes overboard on. Uh, and not highlighting maybe some of the accomplishments that he he did have. Although, you know, I don't agree with uh, the way he's approaching policy. Uh, I, th I think that both right and left are responsible for being hypercritical. That's... I, I, I agree 100%. I think, I think you're saying it in... Uh, in a really good way. And I think that, you know, you're opening yourself up to having everybody be upset that saying, if you say that Donald Trump did one thing okay, then you're saying that he should be elected. And you're not. It, that's, that's not what you're saying. You're saying no, he no, did one I mean, thing right, and we should, we should acknowledge that. And we should. Absolutely. Yeah. We have to have an honest discussion about this because, you know, some of the things that he did accomplish, like the crime bill, he was part of that. Whether you like it or not, he was. Was he totally, like, mostly responsible for it being enacted? No. But if, you know, Jang had been signed on to that, we probably would give him credit for it. Um, and, you know, he's done a, a couple other things as well. Uh, on the whole, I, my own personal opinion is that, you know, uh, I don't agree with his, him on a philosophical or policy level, so therefore... At this time, the way he's implementing things, I, I would not vote for him personally. But that's just my own personal, uh, you know, choice. So, yeah, it's like, hey, I, I can say I think that Donald Trump was right to identify China as a, somebody we have a strained relationship with, and we need to resolve it. Uh, that doesn't mean that I think he was right for saying that the New York Five should die when they didn't even commit a crime just because. He thought they did. Nuance, Zach. That's exactly the point we're making. We've lost, lost honest, open discussions and nuance. And all of it has to do, ultimately, taking a full circle with losing faith in the election system and the, the government as a whole, really, ultimately. Mm -hmm. And just not knowing where to go and taking it out on each other, really. And yep. I think this just goes back to corporatism and, you know, like, Sure, of course, people feel like they're not able to pay bills or young or no longer to, you know, able to buy a house or, you know, like, sure, there's going to be a lot of restlessness and disgruntledness. And you just have to stay focused and mindful that there's still enough of the election system in place. Otherwise, Trump wouldn't have been able to get elected or Biden wouldn't have been able to, you know, become, you know, like get the primaries. There's enough in there 
that uh, we still can work with it and we can yeah. get it to be even better. That's the hope. All right. Well, this has been an exciting first episode. Woo! <laughs> that um, was a big one. You, yeah. gave, you gave some really great questions. That's why. Hey, hey, and you are, I, I am very excited that you are the person I'm talking to for this one. This is, this has been everything I wanted and more. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. Um, I appreciate it. I, I'm very honored. And you know what? I, I think you've got some great stuff coming up. So I'd love to have you on my channel at some point. Absolutely. I would love to. Um, you are welcome back here anytime you want. If I ever like actually upload and follow through on this, I, I have to tell a quick story. Um, when, when I was talking to you, I thought I was talking to you about like setting up a time to see if podcasts were something that I would want to do. And then Josh is just like, oh yeah, we should talk. And I finally figured out about like, uh, a couple minutes into it, you were saying, let's do a podcast. And I was like, I don't even know how to do that. So, but it was really good. It was the push I needed. Um, I learned how to be able to record. I had no idea how to do any of that stuff. And I learned it all in two days because you uh, misunderstood my words and said that we should do it. <laughs> That's great. I'm glad to hear that. So sometimes miscommunication might be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Zach, uh, appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me on. Thank you, Josh. And you have a wonderful day. You too. Take care. Thanks.